Hey everybody, this is Ravain Spalter. We're starting the episode a little different than we normally do because I feel after recording the episode, this is a really unique, really special episode. As you'll hear, Molly really takes the time to share with us what it's like to be the parent, specifically the mother, of a soldier serving inside Gaza, serving in a dangerous position in the war. And it was something that was not only moving for me, but also very, very meaningful to me. Um, just to understand her perspective, to understand their perspective, and to listen to the ways that that we can hear people's pain and just kind of be there for them. And after recording the episode on Shabbat, uh, there, there's someone in our community who's really, really struggling with a very, very difficult situation connected to the war. And thinking about what Molly had said, I just went up to him and I, I shook his hand and I squeezed his shoulder and I said, uh, uh, you know, I said Shabbat Shalom and he understood what I meant. And I hope that it was helpful in the way that, that I'm able to help. And hopefully each of you listening to, um, listening to what Molly tells us can take something away from it and reach out to someone you know and uh, share and what they're going through in, in some way that's meaningful to them. Okay, so I, I just wanted to thank Molly for her, her willingness to share and her sensitivity uh, on the one hand, and also to just let you know that we, I felt it was not appropriate to interrupt the episode with an ad. So we're going to start with both our ads from both of our sponsors, which is Kita from me, Rav Johnny's Virtual Rabbi Services. If you can support us in the coming year, if you know family who can benefit from Kita, send them our way. Finally, if you like this podcast, you enjoy it, you listen to it as regularly as we can put it out, do us a favor. First of all, rate it on the, on the Apple Store, rate it on Spotify, and uh, share it with a friend. That's the way we spread the word and share the community of RZ Weekly listeners. Are you living with or experiencing some theological, spiritual, or halachic tension or struggle in your life and are looking for a confidential, non-judgmental, emotionally intelligent, and source-based rabbi and coach to share Torah wisdom with you? If so, then you'll be interested in my new discovery package. Book a 30-minute, no-obligation discovery call with me, during which you can share what is on your mind then hear what I propose as a personalized spiritual coaching package that will meet your needs. To book your free discovery call, simply visit rabbijohnnysolomon.com forward slash discovery. I look forward to talking with you. Are you a Jewish homeschooling family? Can your kids read Hebrew? then Kita is for you. Kita provides meaningful Jewish learning for middle school age students in Chumash and Navi. Due to popular demand, beginning January 2nd, Kita's Chumash and Navi program will feature a Monday Zoom lesson to meet the needs of homeschooling families. In addition, for Florida homeschooling families, Kita is now an authorized Step Up for Families provider. Learn more about this innovative program at kita.org Florida. The spring semester begins on January 2nd, so visit kita.org, that's K-I-T-A-H, 
www.ohio.org to learn more and register today. everybody. Welcome to another edition of RZ Weekly. We are here. Yay. Um, it's been a long time. Really, we've been a long time uh, since we last met and last spoke. And uh, it's nice to see you guys. I'm here with Rabbanit Marley Brovsky. Hello, Rabbanit Marley Brovsky. And Harab Johnny Solomon. And the dulcet tones, are they there? They're right here. Oh, it's so soothing. It just like gets you into the soothing mood. And it's good that it's soothing because... Um, I don't have to tell the Molly and Johnny, but maybe to tell our listeners, if you're not in Israel, you know, the, the thing, the, the term that keeps coming in, up in my mind, there was a term for the, the Sinai campaign that was called, it was called, the, I think in Hebrew, you'll tell me if I'm right, it was called the Milchemet HaTasha. Yeah. Wasn't that what it was the called? The War of Attrition. Um, in English, it was Molly, called what does the that War mean? of Attrition. Oh, yeah, it, but it's, yeah, it's like wearing correct, but, uh, you wear, who's going to wear the other one down first? It's about being worn down, yeah. That's how I feel about what's going on now, and it, everything is justified, and the army's doing the best that it can, and we support our soldiers. But anyone who's here in Israel knows that you just wake up every morning because at six o'clock in the morning or whatever time in the morning they release the names of the of the of the uh, of the soldiers who were killed the day before. So you, you literally are like. You're, you're literally like the entire country, without a doubt, is holding its breath as it, as it turns on the news for the first time. Because you pray, hope and pray that maybe th today, you know, soldiers weren't killed. And recently it's been a lot of soldiers being killed. And your, your feet is full of it. You know, like, you know, there's, there, there, we're, we're, we have so many overlapping circles. So your feeds are full of, of, of you know, of death notices and nichum uh, avelim and whatever work situation you're in. And it's mitish. It's it's just it wears it wears you down. It's just and 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 there's no end in sight. As we don't want there to be an end in sight, we want the army to have the time and the space to do what it needs to do. But it's but it's difficult. And I'm saying this as someone. Well, we have a chayal boded who's like a sort of an extended member of our family. But like I, we, I, I myself and Johnny don't have a chayal in the shetach in Gaza. We don't have a chayal who's in in country. On the other hand, Molly here does. So Molly, I sort of want to spend, a, we're going to spend this time, yeah, I think this podcast sometimes is uplifting, sometimes we argue, but, but sometimes it's just an opportunity to share with our listeners, to have an understanding of what's going on, what's really going on, and how we're really experiencing something. And I think what we want to do today is sort of have a conversation with you and understand from you, like, what's, it, what, what's going on in your head? You know, like, you know, I, I know your son was, was uh, he was back? He had a break, and I know he's now he he's he, he is, and they call it. An, it's interesting. The term in Israel is called. It's called an after, an after. And that's what it's called. I have no idea what after what, but it's called an after, you know. And then his after is over, and I, I don't know where he is now. You can tell us, but just sort of tell us what you're experiencing as the as the mother of a soldier who's putting his life on the line, who's bravely defending this country. 
and, uh, and, and, and you're there to support him, but you're also, I don't know, are you sleeping? I'll, I'll ask it that way. How, how are you sleeping? Um, yeah, so it's all pretty horrible, is what I'll say. Um, I, I will, well, I guess I'll start by answering your questions in terms of my son and then move into kind of describing what the situation is. But um, so he was, since the beginning of the war, first he was in, but he was stationed on the border. So when he would go in, it was in and out from Mifzaot, a couple of days. Then there was the Hafuga, if you guys remember, the Hafuga was when we, there was a ceasefire, when we were allowed the hostages to come mm-hmm. out. And then after this, Wait, yeah. Do you mind if I ask a couple, uh, just questions? Were you in so touch with him? Was, Did he have his before phone? Before the Hafuga, he had his phone, except when he would go in. But he would only go in for like 24 to 48 hours. So when he was in for those 24 to 48 mm-hmm. hours, I couldn't breathe. But then he would come out. But then came the ceasefire. And then after the ceasefire, he called us. And it was clear that something had changed. Um, and I won't go into too many of the details. But th- after that, he was no longer kind of stationed on the border and going in and out doing what they call misimot. But he was going in with the Timrun. The Timrun is the... Um, the what, how, you guys, how would you guys translate the Timrun? The fighting force. Fighting like he was force, going in. Whatever. He was going to be yeah. going in for two weeks yeah. to a month. He had to give in his phone. We didn't expect to hear from him for weeks, if not month, you know, up to a month, which is what he told us. Instead, when when they're in that way, what happens is that they have a um, the the group that he's in. Like with him, it's a pluga, whatever. I don't want again. I don't know if I should be saying so many details. I'm always paranoid about details, but. Everybody has it. They're, they're uh, whatever. You're okay. If not, well, yeah, like, if you exactly. say something, you so shouldn't. We'll delete it. There are always fine. groups of the soldiers that are like a unit or in whatever degree of unit they are. So usually, when the when the when the, when the soldiers given their phones, so there's one person who's out, but who has contact, who writes once or twice a day to the families. Hakol takin etzel hapluga. So that was. That's that was whenever that was. When was when when, when did the Timrun? When, when was the second wave? Waiting after the Hafuga, when, after the hostages deal fell apart. When at right time is all maybe a month ago. So since yeah. that point, that Around was then he was. That, yeah. Then we did not hear from him for quite a while. But then we got used to looking, waiting for Hakal Takin Etzel Hapluga, Hakal Takin Etzel Hapluga, until um, last week. I believe it was, all of a sudden, David and I were on a Zoom meeting with somebody and we got, but Sa'arav, you know, we're sorry to inform you that somebody from his unit, who actually was Yehuda, the Yehuda's di- direct commander in a smaller unit, a group of eight, his direct commander, who was very, very close to, Lior Sivan, I will even say his name because people should, you know, know who he is and remember who he is. He was killed. That was pretty terrible. Um, since then, I feel like I've been living in a nightmare. Um, they don't. Because Why since then? then? Because, what, what do you I mean, mean since I was living then? in a nightmare before, but then it became very, first of all, it, it, every time it's like, it becomes and became again, that it much more real, more real that every much time. More. Like the first soldier who falls from our community, and then the next soldier who falls from the neighboring community, and then yesterday, uh, uh, somebody fell from the Vedaniel, who we know. I know we were raised the cola with their parents. Like those, those are things that make it creep up. But when it's also, it's like when you're able to lie to yourself and be like, it's fine. His unit is doing X, but it's not so dangerous because they're not in Y place. They're only in Z place. But then when, when his, his, somebody very close to him, all of a sudden it becomes really real and really scary. And also your child has, has now gone through something really terrible. So, 
um, whatever, the army has all kinds of rules that are pretty wise. They, they know that, that the most effective thing to do for these soldiers is not necessarily to let them out right away, but to have them keep going. And I've learned this is like, because I have friends who've gone through the same thing. We're like, so the kids don't often get to go to the Leviah and they ask their parents to go. So that's what happened. Um, then we went to the Shiva. <laughs> it was just like a nightmare, like just a nightmare. Uh, in, in the sense of just like, it's just tragic and horrific, but it's also just so close and terrible. Then Yehuda was... Wait, when you went to the Shiva, yes. did you have what time? Like, was did actually, they know who you were? What happened was... You had time? Whatever. For whatever reason, Yehuda was let out for technical reasons. We didn't even expect it. That Friday, whatever, it doesn't like they they were let out to take care of their 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 unit their equipment, and then it turned out that he was able to stay out longer and go to the shiva, and he went to the shiva, and then it was mm. very close to Shabbos, so they let him come home for Shabbos. Then he went back in, and then we, we thought that's it, he's back in, and then they told us he would be out again for a couple of days. So he was like, he went back in Sunday, came back out yesterday. I don't even know what day we're on anymore. And was told that he had to go back in today and if they're going back for another misima. So now my stomach kills me because now we're back to he's in, it's dangerous, he's doing scary things, we don't get to hear from him. Um, and now I am, you know, the mother of a child who is actively fighting in Gaza and it is absolutely, absolutely terrifying. But I feel like that... The, the reason I'm describing that whole process is because it's just been getting more and more and more intense. As it's not just Atasha. the Hatasha, it's like Atasha. it's like the chenek, like that, like like we're doing tabot chenek on places in Aza where we're like squeezing them and squeezing them and it's getting closer and closer. That's what it feels like. Um, so the truth is that you know we haven't recorded for a while, and one of the reasons was that like I kept thinking I'd be able to do it, and then I would say like I just I can't I can't I don't have the energy, but the, we were discussing what we were going to do and we were going to talk about things that inspired us and things that whatever. And then I found a piece that I wanted to share because I, it was very important to me because it describes what, what mothers of soldiers who are in fighting are experiencing. So that, to me, it was like, that's worth, that's worth doing for me. Like, it's worth it for me. I would like people to understand. Like, the same way, Ruby, you said, like, you, you just want people to understand what we're going through and what you're experiencing, what the country's experiencing. I, I feel very strongly that, like, the voice of the mothers um, is what we're experiencing. We're, we're, we're going through hell. And I think that there's a lot of, like, and I'm not minimizing or negating all of the strength and all of the inspiring women and all of the inspiring wives and all of the inspiring mothers, including, for example, the mother of uh, uh, Iris Chaim, the mother of um, Yotam Chaim, who was the hostage who was killed by our mm. forces. Mm -hmm. These are people who give us hope and inspiration. But what the part that nobody says out loud is what the mothers are actually experiencing, which is also the, mothers, the wives, of course, the wives. and the other family members. I don't yes. mean to minimize, but just... And of course, and the fathers, the, too. Fathers, the and poor the fathers, fathers too. I really do feel like the fathers are also unsung heroes because I think my experience mm. of the fathers is that they have less space and they internalize and they want to be strong for their wives and they want to be strong. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody's got to... The mothers are also super strong. Like the way they refer to mothers here as Livio, they are super strong. But I think in, it, it's not... It's certainly true in my family dynamic and I don't think we're the only one. 
where it's like the mothers all talk to their friends and we all tell each other that we're falling apart and we all give ourselves permission and the fathers um, hold, hold things a lot more. No, 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 you, you can't do I mean? that. You don't, you yeah, don't, Johnny, did you want to say yeah. something before yeah. I, I, again, you know, before I share this so I just, piece? Yeah. So I just wanted to uh, reflect on a meeting I had a couple of nights ago, specifically on this point. I'm a member of what we call a Tzavet Chibuk, in my community, whereby we support families who are going through tough things. That includes people who have got illness in the family, but right now it includes supporting families with kids who've been injured, of what we've got quite a few, and some quite seriously injured, but also families with children in the army and spouses in the army. And we were sitting around basically saying, what can we do more? Our community is amazing. I think all the communities that we live in are amazing. But still, there is hoping that we give the right support, the right time and planning to try and do whatever we can at the right moment. And so we were planning. And in fact, a question arose, we, we were distinguishing between those with spouses fighting and those with kids. And we said mm -hmm. both have needs and they're different. Of course, there are families with both as well, which is, uh, I wouldn't say doubly hard because as if somehow, if you take, take something and have two of it, it makes it double. But the, and um, a number of people sitting around the table have kids also fighting. So it's not like this. We're speaking from just, uh, you know, a theoretical perspective. But I agree. This needs to be speak, spoken through. We are very pleased we're having this conversation. And what's fascinating, though, is, you know, with a person who's sick, you go and visit them in hospital. A person who is hungry, you provide them with food. A person with financial challenges, you try and support them. But as we're sitting around that table, and by the way, as explosions are literally being heard because that's where we are. So we're talking this through. That's happening. We know these are those sons and those uh, husbands doing uh, their work. And we know that it's not necessarily a thing you can give. It's space, right? It's a knowledge that people are around you. Um, it's regular check-ins, but not too many and not too few. And there is an artistry of giving support to the non-tangible, which is so necessary. Uh, so it's a lot easier to say, give them food for a month. That would be like blink of an eye. But for all these families, we've got 70 families of a yeshuv of about yeah. 350, right? Who have, we're going to see them. And again, other people doing guard duty. Everyone's doing many things. Uh, and again, I know that's happening all these other places too. But I, it's important for us to hear you precisely because the question isn't so simply, what can we do for you? But what are you going through? So we understand in many ways what we can't do, but how listening alone is of value. And so I so I didn't want to interrupt you, but I did want to frame that because these conversations being had really are important um, so that we can be there for families Throughout this, it's going to be a long process. It is a long process already. And and the chesed work that's being done is is remarkable, but sometimes you can't give, um, yeah. but you want to. Okay, so Molly, uh, you shared with us internally. Yeah, I think I you did. all, did you also share it on Facebook? Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if it was your Facebook friend. Just a poem that a woman wrote about mm -hmm. the experience of the mother, the mother of the soldier. Yeah. So I know and you I wanted to share it with I us. I want to say that I really appreciate what Johnny's saying. I think it's exactly right. Um, and the question is, what can you give? And I think the answer, the first step is understanding. And that's why I love this poem, because it's like this woman mm. spoke 
for me and for all of so many of my friends, like so many of the things she said resonated. And that's why I wanted to share it because I think that, that you can't understand it unless you live it. But, but you can, you can, you can hear, you know, you can, you can hear what this woman wrote. Let's see if we have her name. I'm sure, I don't know if her name is on here, but, um, it, it, you know, feeling understood and feeling validated, I think is really what people want more than anything else. And I think, Johnny, you're right. Sometimes there's not much mm. you can, there's not much you can give, you know, there's not much you can say, but conveying that feeling of, of knowing that somebody understands and is listening and is trying to understand, I think that's, that's what, the, the, what people want more than anything. So, okay, so I'm going to read this. Okay? Okay, which means the mother of the person who has a chayal in, which we all know at this point is short for in Gaza, like not, you know, like, as opposed to he's out of Gaza, right? And again, for those of us who have kids fighting in the, in the real fighting, we all know what that means. Oh, that means, okay, he's on the border. He has his phone. He can call. He's in Sa'ilin, right? He's, on the, he's, in a, he's in a base. The difference between he's in there, you know, in the actual warfare versus he's out. He's not in the actual warfare. So she's going to describe it, but it's completely correct. Um, and again, the, the agony is the ima shalachayal shebifnim, right? The mother of the child who's in. Okay, so she writes this. Yesh bishtaim. Ha'ima shalachayal shebifnim ha'ima shalachayal shebichutz. There are two, I have two people inside me. I have two mothers inside me. The mother of the soldier who's in and the mother of the soldier who's out. Zeshel ha'bifnim chadashali. Ani lo kokach makira ota. Anachno afilu lo mamash domot. This mother that has a child in it's new to me. The experience of being this person is completely new to me. I, I don't know this person. Um, we're, we're not even similar. Like the way that I behave and the way that I feel and, and, and the th- thoughts and the feelings that I'm, exper- that I'm experiencing when I am the mother of the child who's in, when my mother's in, um, is, 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 it's a completely new and almost foreign experience. Um, and we don't, almost don't recognize ourselves. All right. So how, what, well, who is this mother and what is she experiencing? She does, she, she avoids uh, social gatherings. So true. I know it for myself, I knew my friends. Cannot go to a kiddush. Cannot go, I can't, I can't go to shul. I daven at home. You just can't make the small talk, talk of uh, how are your people? people or how's he? I cannot answer the question, how are you? What the heck kind of a question is, how are you? Do you know what I'm saying? It's a question with no answer. I don't have emotional energy to interact with people. Okay? I can't. means she's a serial, um, how do you say Lisanen? Filtering, right? It's, Filter. it's, it's like, a, it's, it's like an expression yeah. for like, um, our kids use it. You're filtering, you're screening me. Your you're screen screening calls. my calls. Exactly. Name, it's a screen so she's call. become a serial scro- <laughs> uh, call screener. Also from people that she really likes in her real life <laughs> and that she would respond to in real life. Um, and when she does answer, when I do have to answer, I answer as, 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 with as few words as I possibly can. She has no interest in other people's lives. And she doesn't know how to answer. She doesn't have what to answer when people ask, how are you? So she just avoids. She just doesn't interact. And it's true. I don't care. I don't care. I'm sorry. I'm so happy for you that you have this event going on in your life, whether it's a simcha. I don't 
care. I don't have the emotional energy right now. I, I, I can muster it up for five minutes maybe to write Mazal Tov and a little heart and a little flower and a smiley face, but I don't have more energy than that. Just don't. Um, she doesn't have the energy to be helpful and to give for others. I can't. I'm not cooking. I'm not baking. I'm not... Um, I don't know what what other you know every yuzma I'm not I'm not organizing the chamal of the of the of the of the of the you know siyud the I went one day I wrote that on Facebook I went one day and I totally melted down that was my meltdown in the cauliflower field I went one day and I just couldn't I, there was like we, it just a little thing a few things went wrong and I just totally fell apart and I I love 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 agriculture like this is my dream all I want to do in my life is like pick strawberries and avocados so like normally but, <laughs> but I tried it one day I couldn't do it no I, I was gonna say interestingly the days that I went doing the picking I found it yes. unbelievably Great. therapeutic so when I'm a, when I'm an Ima Shalach Hayal that's why I would say not so that's to do it as a Ima, volunteer no when I'm an Ima Shalach great therapy when I'm an Ima Shalach I need Every single koach I can to do the things I have to do, and that's and, and that's as much as I have mm. to get through the day. That's it. That's mm-hmm. all the emotional energy I have, or or even physical energy. Okay, I'm going to keep going. Right, the mother of the chayal shibifnim she relates fabulously with other mothers of chayal shibifnim. They get it. Right, and sometimes they understand each other even without talking. Right, like I'll see my friend, and and like, you know, we just get it, or or we'll both be at again, like our, there was a, whatever doesn't matter, but like a social event, for the mind was there for two minutes, and she was like, I gotta go. I'm like, I get it. Or there was another event, and and like she just didn't come, and I was like, uh huh, I get it. He kotevet leben shela hodao kimat kol erev v'sogeret maherat a telephone acherei hasend k'dei lo lehitachzev ben havia echad. She writes to her son every single night, but she quickly turns off the telephone because she doesn't want to see that one check mark that, that means that the phone is off and that the kid can't get the phone. I don't do that because that's way too scary and painful for me. So that's not even something I can do. Um, the Ima of the Chayal Shibifnim has no patience for anything that is not really important. And what I'll define as really important is that her child is alive. That is it. Nothing else is important. Right? Also to the teacher of her younger child who tells her that her kid is, is, is disturbing in sheer. She's actually happy that he's mishtolel in the sheer, right, in his class. Um, she's happy that he's living a normal life and not just the, the brother of a, uh, you know, a, a worried brother of a chayal shebifnim, right? But it's really true. It's like, I don't, you really think I care? I, I could not care less. There was actually a, an amazing um, email that, uh, 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 not email, whatever, f- uh, post that I was already by Chanuch Daum and Naftali Bennett both posted where a teacher wrote to, to, a, to a, a wife, this was a wife, Dafka, not a mother, um, Another day where your son has come in without his homework and without his uh, yoman, without his, his journal. And the mother wrote, <laughs> another day that my son's father mm-hmm. is still in Aza. And it was like, exactly, right? I'm sorry. Do not ask her to, find, to check on her kid's homework. Don't ask him to make sure he has his yoman. She's just trying to get through the day without falling apart. Okay. 
Um, האימא של החייל שבפנים בכלל לא יצירתית, היא מלאת ביקורת עצמית על, מה, על כמה היא לא מתפקדת בעבודה. The אימא והחייל שבפנים, she's not creative, she doesn't have her creative juices flowing, she she's not energetic, she can't do what she normally does in her regular life, right? She, she can't, in whatever job she has or whatever she does, she cannot bring her normal energy to it, um, and, and therefore she's full of self-criticism on how much she knows that she's not functioning the way she should at work. Meaning, here I feel like work is a shorthand for the things we have to do, right? I have to go to work, I have to do my job, um, and I know that I'm doing it on like autopilot as much as I possibly can, and I'm letting go as much as I possibly can, and I'm managing it the, way I, the, the best way I can, and I know it's good for me to have places to go and to do things, but I know that I'm also so limited. Um, I don't really have a lot of bikhorit atzmit on myself because I know that, that I, I'm, I'm doing the best I can, so I don't, I don't have that, but I understand, that's the initial, I had it, and then I was like, no, absolutely not, because I'm an ima shalach, I also bifnim, okay. Ha'ima hazu lokachat kadrei harga'a mitamtzit lavender. Hi etchila achrei od laila bli shayna, kishalcha lerofot hamishpacha vahitparka mula bebechi, haben sheli ba'aza. Harofa hibita ba bemabat shemevin hakol, v'tzida otta bemirsham lechol tofa'a. Et ha'kadrim ha'chazakim l'shayna hi od lo nista. Right? The mother of the Chayash Bifnim is taking all kinds of um, herbal and medicinal supplements. Um, oh, that's what I was yeah, wondering. Lavender, lavender, right? like, I didn't understand uh, It started that. when yeah. she went to her doctor and said, I, it's another night that I haven't fallen asleep. And then when she said the words, it's, you know, she fell apart because she was said, because my son's in Aza. The, the doctor gave her a you know, look of understanding and gave her all kinds of, all kinds of prescriptions. The more, and in the, you know, what she says here in an ironic voice is um, the stronger ones, the sleeping pills, she hasn't yet tried. Um, and, I, and again, all I'll say about this is I definitely know that a lot of us are taking sleeping pills, we're taking antidepressants, we're taking anti-anxiety medications, we're taking uh, supplemental blue blah, blah, we're all taking it. Um, my doctor actually told me that the, the two most prescribed, I, I forgot if I said the two or the one, but the most prescribed thing right now in the country is actually an anti-anxiety medication. That's, that's, sure. that's what, the, that's like, mm-hmm. that's what's the, the most, single most prescribed thing right now going in, in, in the Israeli pharmacies. But okay. It was so funny. He's like, how did you know this? The ima of the, of the chayal shibifnim cannot fall asleep without watching something stupid on her phone. Because if she doesn't, she starts to think and the sleep goes away. And I'm like, Molly, well, do you I keep do, your phone next to your bed? Of course I do. Of course you and do. I keep it on. Uh, did you before? Not, not you like didn't this. before. Did you know you? what I'm saying? At this point, this, it's on. The, the ringer's on. Uh, I'm hypervigilant. I, I'm, you know, always... I, I'm checking it, as you said. And, the, and another thing that I think is very common for us, is, I know for my two friends, you wake up at four in the morning, that's it, you're awake. Because you wake up, you check, you check, you check if there's any information, and once you're awake, you cannot fall back asleep. So we're all waking up, you know, four or five, and mm. we're up. Um, and again, I don't know how she knew that I've been watching. I, I need to watch the dumbest of the dumb to put me to sleep. There's, I can't otherwise. Okay. Ha'ima hazu lo sefer. Wait, wait, so, wait. What's the dumbest um, of the dumb? I'm watching Friends again all the way from the beginning. <laughs> just, and I'm, you know, just, it's, I know it by heart. You know what I mean? But I, it's what I need. Um, stupid, ne- st- stupid Netflix movies. I, I have to say. You know what I'm saying? I have to say, 
They have some incredible cameos. So that's a whole different conversation. But yeah, <laughs> but it's 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 literally like yeah, right. like it's it's so brainless, and that's what I want to say with the next part here. Right, the Ima, this mother cannot hold a book from the 7th of October because reading takes a lot of mental energy. And when you, when you start using your brain, right, then thoughts start coming in. So the way I relate to this is I used to do every night before I went to sleep, I used to do Wordle, Quirtle, and Octurtle. Right, so I would do the Wordle. You know what the you know what Wordle is? Ruby's looking at me like right, Wordle is okay. So yes. Wordle is you, yes. you know you have five chances to guess the word, whatever it is. Quirtle is you're doing four at a time. Octurtle is you're doing eight at a time. I used to do at one time. It's much at easier one than time? Is because I, I can't explain it, but it's actually easier when you because you have. You have more. You didn't do the New York Times. You don't do the New York Times. No, I, don't um, the I, I like the world. I have not. I, I used to do it every single night. <laughs> That's what I was my like before bed ritual. I have not done Wordle either. None of them since then. Since my son has gone in, I don't. My brain can't think. I can't hold that much thinking space. And we're talking about Wordle. We're not talking about you know like uh, solving you know nuclear fission. But I can't. I cannot do it. The kind of the kind of mental precision that it takes, I don't have, and I don't want, and I don't want it before bed. Okay. This mother, she doesn't run like she used to. She doesn't exercise like she used to because exercise raises adrenaline. Adrenaline makes you feel better. Um, feeling better feel makes you feel guilty. Okay, so that's I think specific to her, but I definitely know drop off in ability to exercise. Ruby, you had said to me, go for a run. I'm like, yeah, right, go for a run. I don't. Well, but you don't me, run ever. Go I mean, for a that walk, was just like, right. Yeah. So I went for one walk. I mean, you couldn't bring you, you couldn't bring yourself to go for a walk. I had one one time when my when my very close friends who also has kids, in her case, it's plural. Anaza came. And it wasn't about the walking. It was, we're going to walk and talk. So I was able to do that. But that was it. Um, mm-hmm. She bites her nails. Um, she knows that it's a lost cause. And she tells herself that she'll deal with it after the war. I think for a lot of us, it's not necessarily biting our nails, but it's whatever bad habit. It's definitely emotional eating for a lot of us. And, you know... Most exactly, whole countries, exactly. I gotta go on a diet. But it's honestly. like it's not even like there's no attempt and there's no guilt. It's not, you know. I'll deal with it afterwards. Okay. Um, right. She doesn't take part in all of the um, activities and initiatives that she herself initiated. Right or programs that she herself initiated, um, she and she actually um, um, cancels or pushes off meetings that she herself organized, um, because like podcasts, like podcasts. exactly or meetings, <laughs> yeah. of, you know, whatever, all kinds of community groups. Nope, sorry, can't make it. Nope, sorry, thought I could, can't do it. Podcast is a perfect example for us, right? No, but you wouldn't. It's so interesting because, like. Wouldn't it, you would think that it would just okay. you know take your mind off it you know you know you're, you're That's like sitting and wallowing. Right, I am the the of the it's you know like 
organize something, I'm organizing my next breath. That's what I have energy to organize, right? It's like, that's what mm. I can, that, that's as much, as much organizing as I can do, right? Okay. Right, so the Imash of um, does not watch the news or read about the, about the kidnapped or anything else that's going to make her feel emotional. Because feeling emotional, when she, when she feels her feelings, she's going to feel fear, she's going to feel anxiety, She's gonna, she's gonna, she's gonna, her thoughts are gonna go somewhere. So again, everybody in their own place. Like I actually do watch, I do check the news, check but the I, news? what I do is I yeah, check yeah. Um, the news channel that I choose, I watch it on YouTube, and then I just fast forward to the, um, the people that I wanna hear who are the military sp- experts, and I just listen to them. Um, and then if there's anything else that you know, mm. sounds interesting, I'll listen to that, but, um, it's definitely true. Like I don't want. It's like I, I don't want to feel. I don't. I, like I'll give you an example for this, where our community, somebody in the community, work. She works. She worked with the org people who were looking for the chatufim. So she gave a speech. So I thought I'd be a good good neighbor, and it's the right proper thing to do to show up. At a certain point, I just had to leave. I was like, I can't. I cannot. The emotions are overwhelming me. Um, I need to get back home. I also I need to be near my house. I need to be. It was on Shabbos. I need to be near my house. I need to be near my phone. I need, to, I need to be near where if I need to hear something, I, I'll, I'll always be able to, to, to be available. And this is not good for me. My, this is flooding me. The emotions are absolutely flooding me. Okay. Um, the mother, this mother, feels like she's in Russian roulette, like, um, like they're sheep you know, waiting to be slaughtered, you know, like, in, you know, in the Kavakara Roadro, um, and all so many other cliches that are coming to life in front of our eyes. And like you said, you said it, like, the morning is Russian roulette, and the Russian roulette, as, as it becomes nearer and nearer, and people that we care about and love are become, becoming part of that Russian roulette, it's absolutely terrifying. Okay, this is interesting, because this woman clearly came from the left, Politically, because she says the following: Right. So I don't relate to this so much because I'm not from the left, but it's interesting what she says. She says she she has to like create some dissonance between her, between left wing political opinions because she cannot handle the dissonance between having a kid fighting a war. Right and left-wing political opinions, right? But it's clear to her that they shouldn't be there and there shouldn't be a war. Now I don't know what she means by those last two lines, but I think we all believe feel that he shouldn't be there and there shouldn't be a war in the sense of even if we think that politically, of course we have to be fighting this war, right? Because there's no other choice. But we just oh my god, my kid should not be there and and should not be in danger. It goes against every maternal instinct, you know, or every human, you know, any, every, any loving instinct that anybody has, right? Okay. Right? This woman, this is definitely true, she gives long political speeches from her stomach, right, which means like, you know, from her emotions to her, from her guts to her husband, but she has no energy to start talking about them outside which is totally true right it's like i can sit here and i can 
poor, my poor husband can hear all my political opinions and all my upsetness and all my anger about this and all my concern about that. I have no kolach to have any type of political discussion um, with anybody outside, right? And that's, again, I feel like the reason this is so uh, validating is because, like, everybody copes in their own way. And, and I think because there are so many people who cope by being strong and by, you know, going on television shows, we think that, as you said before, Ruby, it's like, well, won't it help you cope? Like, we think that what the Ima Shalachayash Bifni needs is, we th- it's like what Johnny was saying before, we have a list in our heads of all the things that are going to help this mother. And what this is saying is, no, that no, mm-hmm. she has no cough for any of these things. What she needs... I'm not an Ima Shalachayash Bifni, I have no cough for any of these things So what does the Ima Shalachayash Bifni need? I really, I go back to what Johnny said, like, understanding. That's it, that's yeah, the end. And then she says, more, this woman... Um, that three days ago she became, she went back to being a mother of a chayal shavachutz, and she says, I can't believe how easily I can breathe. Like all of a sudden, breath, air goes in and out of your lungs. Um, you mean that lump in your chest yeah, kind of went away for a couple of The stomach days. ache goes away, right? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, all, it's like. It's, I, also, I also can relate to this. It's like, again, because like when he's out for, for two days, oh, all of a sudden I can answer all the WhatsApps. All of a sudden I can, I can, you know, I can do a podcast, even though my stomach is hurting because right now my son is back down, going on his way down. Um, you know, he's going back to his base. Um, um, okay. And then she says, And then she says, Right? I don't know how I feel about this part, this, this part of me. I didn't know it existed. Um, and, you know, I, 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 I didn't know that I had this, this type of person. And I think that that's also really important for people to understand, like, what, the, what, the, what we're going through, we didn't even know. what We, we had no idea what it was going to feel like. Y- y- you know what I'm saying? And so, like, we're, we're coping. Part of what we have to cope with is coping with this new reality of the new person that we are, right? Does that make sense? Johnny's nodding, right? And mm-hmm. so, like, that's also where the emotional energy comes in. Yeah, no, like, that's a really important point. I, like, I have to cope with, oh, this is who I am now, and this is how it feels now, and I have to figure out how to assimilate this new an acceptance of this new person that I've become who isn't who I normally am. That's, that itself is a, is a, you know, is a, is a package, whatever the word is. Um, so anyway, that's, that's it. I, 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 I think it's really powerful. I think that and it's, again, important for me to share because I think to understand, and again, I think you're right, Ruby. Like, I think that, like, there are all these, like, different groups. There's like how Israelis feel and how they feel, you know, vis-a-vis the rest of the world doesn't understand what we're experiencing. There's different groups within Israeli society, right, that, you know, how do we, how do we feel about other groups, right? Again, those of us with soldiers versus those without soldiers. I'm sure the families of Khatufim feel this, right? They, what they're going through is so unique to them and they must feel so I don't know what they feel, but they definitely feel different. And how does that, where does that hit them? 
that they're, they're going through this and other people have no idea what their experience is, right? And so it can be very isolating and it can be very, um, like, um, it's difficult. It's difficult. So what helps, I think, is, is people having that moment of trying to understand and empathy and, 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 and being with you know what I mean? You don't, people don't, you don't have to fix it. You don't have to solve it. You don't have to have an answer for it. But, but the, the, the people who write things like, you don't have to answer me. I'm just sending you love. Those are the kind of messages people want, right? Those are the kind of messages that, that, that help, mm. you know, thinking of you, not how are you doing? Do not ask me how I am doing, right? How, how, how what kind of a question is that? That's a question that takes way too much energy to answer, right? I've heard some clever answers. Um, but, you know, the best, my favorite one was my cousin who said, who has a, she's a husband in, and she said, right? What I can control is fine. And she's a very strong person. So she's like, I can control getting my kids to school. I can control getting my kids to bed. And that's all fine. What she can control, that, you know, that she, there, there's a giant question mark there. So that, that's what I wanted to share because I really, I, for the sake of all of us, that are also Liviot and are also Gibalrot and are also soldiers and warriors in our own way, but we are not okay and we are not feeling okay and that's okay. And it's okay. And I, again, because I think people are very afraid. People are afraid to reveal their vulnerability and people are afraid of other people's vulnerability. So I want to be the voice of the vulnerable parts of us and I want to, Give, uh, give people the message that it's okay if other people are vulnerable. It's okay. It's okay if they're not doing well. It also doesn't mean that they're not functioning. It also doesn't mean that, that it's, there isn't a part of them that, that has all that strength and can do all those things. And sometimes they do. Um, but it's okay. It's okay to know that, there's this, that, that, that people are experiencing this. It's okay to experience it. And it's okay for other people to know that people are experiencing it. And that we should make room for that as well. Well, that was a lot, and uh, I thank you for sharing it because I think I think yeah, I agree with you. I think it's very important for people to understand the you know to try to understand as as well as can be understood, and just to know to send you that note. You know, on 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 my level, I remember the beginning of the war. People were reaching out and seeing how you're doing, and that kind of dies down. And uh, but the war goes goes on, and it gets in ways it gets worse. And but you know. They've already reached out, so I think the answer is to can continue to reach out. Johnny, do you want to uh, do you want to add something? Let's say I, I was very very moved with your reading and ultimately personal interpretation of what was written. Meaning, we appreciate you reading and translating, but in particular, you're adding your voice, and that voice, first hand voice, really matters. Um, it matters to us as your colleagues on this podcast. It matters to our listeners. I'm not going to speak for them, but I think we can confidently say that they appreciate you doing so. I agree that it's important for people to be vulnerable. That word, you know, just be strong. People tell that to people sitting shiver. No, they don't need to be strong. And they tell it to parents who are going through tough times. They don't need to be strong. We need to be the strength around them. And that strength can be expressed in many different ways. As you say, simply saying, I'm here for you, um, but not asking dumb questions. Um, so I want to thank you. And actually, I'll just go back to what Ruby just said, which is, uh, actually in many ways, I mean, we are still aching for what happened 
on Simchat Torah. And, and yet, in so many ways, things have also gotten worse. By just, it's a kind of a weird, strange thing. I did a math degree, but I don't know the formula to, to explain. Your heart was broken a million times then, and yet, every day, as we say, with the news that we hear and, and other things that we find out about, uh, it makes every day something which re requires tremendous effort just to function. Uh, and the bestest of people who don't have kids in the army are using, you know, almost all their energy just to be able to have some, some mere level of functionality. I can speak personally. And from what you shared, and, and I know what you've shared is a voice of many, uh, to even assume that's possible for somebody with a kid inside is is uh, to to assume way too much. And I'll just go back to that meeting, by the way, when I was sitting next to, again, neighbors, people I know, and we're talking about helping soldiers who've been injured, and we're used to the sounds of booms the whole time. But the woman who's sitting next to me, Maya, whose son is fighting, you listen to the booms differently when your son's in Gaza, right? Those booms are not just, sadly, the humdrum of living in Israel, especially in the south of Israel. When your kid's there, every single one, she said, what is that? We said, it's the, it's the booms. Like, kind of like, there's nothing new here. But you hear things differently. Every sound is triggering. The phone is triggering. The By pings the way, are triggering. The doorbell. So, I, so it's really right, interesting I saw here. A note and I was like, I want to hang that note. Dear, you know, person who's asking for money, Dear neighbor who wants a cup of coffee, a sugar, dear person who's delivering, please do not mm. ring the bell or or um, knock on the door. We have there's a chayal in this door. house who's fighting in Aza. If you have something to say, please send me like a you know a WhatsApp. And I was like, yes, absolutely. Huh. See, it's interesting. We had we had this chayal Boded who's like, uh, so his mother came from Chutzlaritz on the off chance that they would let him out, and it was like ongoing and ongoing you know he was at mm -hmm. San and it was very well known here in Israel that the San didn't let them go you know for like two months for 60 days or whatever it was tremendously long long period of time even I could that it was in the news that yeah, how come they weren't let yeah. the families pressured and it's interesting when she first arrived she first arrived so here in Yad and as Johnny knows like uh, the, the planes fly over very very low we're right near right near the uh, the air base and she 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 picked her head up and said Oh, I don't like that sound. And we said to her, no, no, that's, that's, that's our sound. That's our planes. But all she could think about was, you know, how, how accurate are they? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, the, you know, and, and like, it was just new. It was just a totally different experience. Just hearing the sounds just raises your, your, your level of anxiety. Uh, I, I guess she kind of got used to it. I don't, I don't know if she got used to it. I didn't really talk to her about it. But, you know, Baruch Hashem, her son did get out. He was able to spend Shabbat with us, and, and it was really, really a productive visit. But she stayed another week. She was here three and a half weeks until she was able to yeah. see her son. So I, could, I can't imagine that, you know, here at least, you know, you're by your phone, but you're in it. You're in the, you know what I'm saying? You're in it. Yeah, and it must so be even harder for parents of these Chayadim Bodedim who are experiencing these things kind of alone in a way, you know, without even any of that, without any of that support system, who is, you know, and the Avira of the country supporting you. She did say something really fascinating. She said in Michigan, she lives in Michigan, like the Jewish community has taken on sort of bringing packages of food for parents of Chayalim. 
So in Michigan, they're bringing her chalot on Friday in order, like, you know, different people, just to say, we support you. And I thought that was really lovely. Is there something like that for for your uh, for you guys, Molly? Is there, it, like, is there, are, are there, so I mean, it started, you but, or, or you just don't. There's so many different circles. So, like, I think, I, and everything, you know, again, so the, I think the Moatza one sent us flowers. There were things for, like, the, the wives of Milu Nikim. We did actually get a hatava over Hanukkah, so we now mm. have a shovar. We have a coupon for some free golda sometime over the, the year. And I tried to get in. It was like, <laughs> that we, you, got, you got a free movie, but it wasn't working. So it turns out that, no, that was only for, like, you know, Milu McKim's kids. It wasn't for parents who, like, whatever. Um, uh, my friend did learn to keep saying, getting discounts. No, I do want to say in the night. No, Johnny wants to say something, but I, I do have to shout out my students. And my Shana Aleph MMY students of this year have been my, such an amazing source of support for me. I love them to pieces. They have made me cookies. They had, they sent me on Hanukkah, they sent me a whole Shabbos care package, flowers and challah and food and desserts. Unbelievable. They have expressed their concern. They have been, and they've been like a play, like, how do I work? Well, the only way I can go to work is when I walk in and I tell them how I'm feeling and then I can kind of connect it to my teaching. Shout out to those students. They have been such a source of support and like, I really cannot tell you with that kindness and just 18 year old, 18 year old girls. Like, we, you know, we talk a lot about how like this, this generation is like unbelievable. Certainly our soldiers in Israel, but I have to tell you these 18 year old sweetheart American girls, I just cannot say enough about them. I, I, know, Did you tell do. them that? Do they know how much they mean to you? But yeah, Johnny, what, what were you going to say? Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Johnny, let's wrap it up. We're going to wrap it up. No, uh, no, but I just want to respond to something that Molly actually said. You, we mentioned a bunch of people, a group of people in different categories who others struggle to understand. Here we're speaking about being a mother of a soldier fighting. We mentioned fathers and we mentioned uh, those with family members or chatufim. I want to mention two categories that for no particular reason we just didn't mention. Number one is those who were chatufim and have been released. And a number of them are speaking on uh, uh, on documentaries and news programs. Some are not, of course. Uh, but very well, none of us can understand what they've gone through. And even though they're describing certain things, we well know they're describing only certain things. And some of these people are so incredibly strong, and some of these people are so incredibly broken. And the very but and we should be inspired by them and to support them in any which way as a quick aside only just a shout out because it is incredible and inspiring i don't know if you saw that clip of yafa adar receiving a letter or well, she having a letter translated by her granddaughter from andrea bocelli because his music inspired her when she was uh he held hostage and and she's a remarkable woman she's 75 years old and she showed incredible resolve but there are other people who haven't and we can't understand them, but they also walk the streets and uh, we need to be very sensitive to that. And there's one other category we have even in our yeshuv, and I think other places too, which is uh, boys and girls, men and women, who saw things that no human being should have to see. And some of them are still busy doing things and some are simply unable to function. And... And they need professional assistance um, 
Again, no, I think, Johnny, I think, some, I think it but... just, for most of us, the most important thing is just that reminder to send that note, to send that I'm just thinking of you and not yeah. to expect anything in return, but just to, to be there and just to give a, you know, an, an, an extra warm handshake for the people in your community, for the person who's going through that and to say, without even saying anything, without making them say anything, without making them thank you, saying to them, I don't know what you're going through, but, uh, but um, I support you. And I think that that's, uh, that's the most important thing. Uh, and that's the only thing that anyone who's not going through, uh, you know, this, uh, this trauma can do. And, and just on that level, and mentioning both those and, and everybody else, for our listeners, especially not living in Israel, just imagine any shul, it doesn't have to be a shul, but I'm just using this as an example. Let's have Friday night service. Every person there is carrying a tremendous amount of something. Uh, it could be financial crisis because people are suffering because of that. Could, their kid could be serving. Their spouse may be absent. They may have been involved in in, in helping with burials. Uh, they may have been involved in fighting. Have been released because they may have been injured. Every person is carrying, you know, not just one thing, many things. And and there was a certain sigh uh, in in a tefillah. Even when you try and bring trying to bring a little bit of joy, everyone knows. That's how things are. Yeah, and everyone, I think, needs to show grace and understanding, which is exactly why kind of pivoting back. When when we initially tried to have a, a session a few weeks ago, and we, we talked to each other, and Miley said, no, it wasn't, it was obviously the answer was, of course. But that, that sense of grace and generosity of spirit. Well, I didn't even patience. get annoyed this time. I was really just understanding. Well, that's, that's what's going to bring the. <laughs> but but the we, just as we did that to each other. So right. better, we, we keep talking about Achtos and Yachad and Natsayach, but I think, Johnny, what you're saying is such a nicer way of saying it. How about if we strive to, as a country, for more grace and understanding? I think we'll. Because we don't have to all feel the same way. We, mm. we just have to be able to give each other grace and yeah. understanding. Okay, we'll start. We'll leave it there. Thank you, guys. Molly, thank you thank so much for sharing, really. Uh, and and uh, thank Hashem. Thank you. Pray for you to safety, Amen. his safety, his security, together with uh, you know Amen. all of the other soldiers as well. All right, we'll stop here. If you guys have comments or questions, um, you know where to find us. Uh, I don't know if Molly's up to it or if we're up to it. Hopefully, we'll come back to a little bit more of a regular schedule. There's so much to talk about. We just uh, not today. And uh, and uh, we pray for the well-being of our soldiers. And uh, and uh, if you have any questions or comments, you know, you know how to find them. Have a great week, everybody. Bye now.